There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. The New World Order. Isn't that interesting dun, dun, dun. right there? This is the Dark Delight Show. Welcome. It is uh, Josh Reed here with Jim Price. Jim Price, how are we doing today? That guy. Doing? Hey, man, it was great. It was uh, obviously an uneventful weekend for most weather. Uh, lots of uh, scattered football across most every channel. They, they evenly spread the wealth. And uh, it was it was not too bad. So we got some stuff coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, looks like Bills fans up there uh, have a really uh, have a, a lot to cheer on. I tell you, I'm not sure if the Dolphins were gonna. I thought the Dolphins were gonna come back there for a minute. It got kind of scary. But uh, yeah, the Bills got themselves a win this weekend as well. Well, yep, absolutely. And uh, everybody has completely forgotten about. Demar Hamlin having a heart attack on on the field, and it, 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 I it's mean, just completely. interesting. You know, isn't that interesting? It runs the, the the new circuit for three days. Yep. And then you have this three weeks where it's kind of just mentioned, and then it's gone. Poof. Yep. Bye bye. I saw one lady had a little thing that had a number three on it, and in the crowd, and they kind of zoomed in on her for like three seconds, and boom, it was mm-hmm. off. And they didn't even refer to it or talk about his condition. Um, well, the one lady did say that he's raised like uh, several million dollars off this, uh, that, you know, his charity that he was trying to do kid, uh, toys for kids, which is a great deal. I mean, obviously bringing emphasis to a charity that's going to bring smiles to kids. I'm all about that. That's fantastic. Um, but a sad deal where we kind of, it just really did go away really fast. But now we're having, uh, was it um, uh, Presley, uh, mm-hmm. Presley's daughter? She just suddenly has a heart attack and, and, uh, and dies. Um and that was another deal where they erased some of her tweets about getting uh, the old government chemical in your arm. And then you mentioned uh, there was another gentleman, uh, a American Idol gentleman yeah, C- at 31. C.J. Harris. C.J. Harris, American Idol star, if anybody remembers him, uh, dead at 31, heart attack. I mean, just wow. this rare occurrence of heart attacks is just happening more and more. I guess it's just no longer a rare occurrence. Can you, but... as I say, can you call it a rarity if it just it's always happening? Like. <laughs> I can't laugh at that. That's bad. No, you, it, it's hard to laugh at, and it, it's you know you know what's funny mm-hmm. is the the level of denial that's coming from the government, pharmaceutical companies, so on and so forth, right. that are lying about this, right? And oh, yeah. it, 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 it's sad, but I, the truth is coming out. The truth is definitely Twitter files out. dumped another uh, media and pharmaceutical marriage in heaven on how to optimize as much profit as possible through this um, government bailout and government just dumping mm-hmm. of money into what they consider to be the pandemic. And they showed within pharmaceutical companies conspiring with each other to do this. So it wasn't just like Fizzer was out there doing their thing and OJ and J was doing their thing, 
and they were just kind of off on that. No, they were coming together with media, with the FBI. Uh, they were having uh, the FBI and other agencies go in and censor what they consider to be bot accounts and other things like that. There's but they there so but much they were collusion. Real account. They were real accounts. That's the funny. But they were yeah. But they were real accounts. But they called right. them bots. Like they were trying to like oh hey these but are listen, bots. But listen to this that. one. Listen to this one. And this is okay. Lee Fang on Twitter, who's not a conservative journalist. This is, this is a man mm-hmm. who's looking at the Twitter files, okay? And he says, this brings us to Twitter. The global lobbying, lobbying blitz included direct pressure on social media. BioNTech, which developed Pfizer's vaccine, reached out to Twitter to request that Twitter directly censor users tweeting at them to ask for generic, low-cost treatments. Hmm. So, so not only that, is you had people out there talking about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, about zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, chlorine dioxide, these types of things. And guess what was happening? Twitter was being told to censor those people by the big pharma. Yep. And not kind of, directly. Like they were naming accounts. They were going out. It wasn't like, hey, if you see uh, hydroxy HCQ, just, you know, go out there. No, they were naming accounts. Um, that, that in itself is so brazen. I mean, I could see, I could see them trying to say, well, you know, try to slow the spread on this information of, of HCQ. I mean, I could see where you'd want to kind of put that out there, but they, here, wait, wait, hold on a second. What is it? The one thing you never do, Josh, you never put it in writing. <laughs> and these people were putting it in writing and writing back and forth about putting it in. I mean, like, stop, like, stop. Well, you just it goes back don't. to the Trump days. These people are stupid. And, oh. you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, you remember Inspector Gadget? Right. <laughs> Man, this message will self-destruct in 10 seconds. Like, they need to start bringing that back, right? Like, yeah. this email yeah. will self-delete and erase itself from the hard drive in 10 seconds. They need to talk to Hillary. How she? How she, How do you do all that? What's that uh, beach, uh, peach pit or bleach pit or something? Well, or, you, you acid yeah. watch, wash phones and hard drives, and you smash everything right. with hammers to make sure that nobody can access that stuff later on. Hmm. Well, no, we just keep it. Here, here's the other thing too. When, when t- w- this is what I, this is where I think there's a white hat effect here, and I, I know we don't really talk about this part too much, but how, how is this looking at Twitter? That suddenly Elon Musk, I know it took some time for him to buy it, blah blah blah, forty four billion dollars he pulled out of his savings. Anyway, so you go in, there was no competing bids. There was really no court litigation to say, no, you can't do this. There was no FCC getting in or you know, none of these different agencies. He just walks in here. But then these guys that were doing all this stuff and that were FBI employees and ex-FBI employees didn't go and clear the servers for this stuff. They just left this stuff in there. So this tells me that this wasn't just like a gentle takeover. Somewhere along the line, there was a timestamp of information that was captured or taken and then – you know, Elon Musk was let in. I've got a theory about this, and I mean, I'm kind of putting well, it out there a little talk bit. Talk about it. Let's hear it. Let's there's, hear it. I think, I honestly do think that this is the beginning of where we're going to see where the White Hats truly came in and they went in because Twitter did interfere with the election, because it violates the executive orders that Trump put in there about, to, you know, if you do this, we're going to take your property. I think these things are already happening and already happened. We are just now getting the public to digest it. And look how the public's really regurgitating it back and saying we can't accept these things as factual. 
it's really a long, drawn-out process to get the court of public opinion to understand what really happened. And that's why these Twitter files come out every three, four, five days because they can't do it all at once. I mean, we had WikiLeaks. We've had WikiLeaks for 10 years or eight years, however long it's been. I mean, we've had all these big dumps out there where Hillary Clinton's photos and emails and the, the, the Anthony Weiner laptop and the Hunter Biden laptop and all these things have been out there, but nobody really wants to go out and aggressively investigate what's going on. So how do you get the court of public opinion? Well, we, we switch over Twitter, and then the people see the success of that and see what it's really like, and then they start coming back. But then I think we're going to see the fall or, quote-unquote, the transition meta wasn't it kind of weird that Meta came in about a year or so ago, and that was just a little bit before when Elon Musk announced that he was going to take over Twitter? I mean, what if there's been things going on on the backside where we really haven't noticed? And you noticed a lot of the fact checkers are falling away from Facebook and other things. So I'm I'm wondering if there isn't really a true uh, push to get this on the right side of things and get this cleaned up, but it just takes the American public too so- long. Let me let me let me let me quite, uh, comment on this because yeah 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 Go ahead. Donald Trump's executive order so Donald Trump's executive order the one right. that you're talking about specifically I believe is eight uh, eighteen three four eight or uh, so it's uh, thirteen three four eight or eight four eight, thirteen eight four eight and this okay. is the executive order that pertains to uh, foreign or domestic election interference and uh, you know the ability to prosecute these people and, and stuff like that and take take assets. Right. So the problem with that is that that executive order only has pertinence when it is implemented as policy under that president, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden would have to continuously renew that executive order, which I don't – he has renewed that executive order, but it would not fall under the Trump administration anymore. It would fall under Joe Biden's administration. So it's kind of counteractive to think that that executive order would be used against Twitter to bring out the truth when Joe Biden's president and it would have to be his administration that's utilizing – that predicate of executive order. Anyways, still, there would be a whole legal process that just because an executive order says something doesn't mean the executive order is above the law. So it's not like this stuff right. can happen clandestinely behind the you know the veil of night without any public uh, disclosure. So I, I disagree with the white hat, the white hat aspect of it. Okay, right. But I do agree that there was a plan of coordination, most likely by Donald Trump, Elon Musk, um, and very other uh, many other conservative billionaires who came together, right. saw what was happening in the world, devised a plan, probably more than almost ten years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this plan is now in effect. And one part of this plan was Elon Musk going out there and getting raising the money to buy Twitter. And we know that there's many conservative and even some liberal people who invested in Twitter going in there and cleaning this up. And so if you go back to my earlier shows back in um, 2020, uh, October, November 2020, I said exactly what we're seeing right now was going to happen. I didn't say exactly how it was going to happen. I didn't say it was going to be Elon Musk buying Twitter, but I said that you're going to have this massive disclosure of information come during this period of time, 2022 to 2023. And that's exactly what we got. So we're going to talk about that here more in just a few more minutes with Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. 
local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skincare, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And so, you know, it's interesting what's happening with the Twitter files, but I think it's a larger piece of this drip, drip, flood disclosure that is truly coming out right now. Um, right. it, it, this ties directly into, you know, um, quid pro quo Joe and what we're finding there. Ooh, I'll catch me. I'm falling. I don't know what that song is, but yeah, he's, uh, he's in a bit of a free fall right now. I mean, and I mean, not in free fall, but like, you know, without a parachute free fall, there's I, well, who's going to catch him. And then junior putting his, uh, I'm paying dad 50 grand a month to rent the place. So then you didn't have control of the house at some time when you were like, what? Or did your son live there? And then he had classified information that he had access to. And then, you know, I don't, then there's another, what we're up to five piles of information now that they found. I, Um, this is, I think this is a big, go ahead. Listen to Donald Trump's truth today. The white house just announced that there are no logs or information of any kind on visitors to the Wilmington house and flimsy, unlocked, and unsecured, but now very famous, garage. Maybe <laughs> they are smarter than, uh, than we think. This is one of the seemingly many places where highly classified documents are stored in a big pile on a damp floor. 
Mar-a-Lago is a highly secured facility with security cameras all over the place and watched over by staff and our great Secret Service. Then he says, I have info on everyone. <laughs> this is Donald Trump saying, I have info on <sighs> everyone. I carry a big stick is what he said. What it's, he's saying uh, is, I'm spying on all, all of you. I have spies everywhere. This, this is a, something that I've talked about in, in private and on my, on my podcast, mm-hmm. is that these politicians, they have, they have spies. They have literal spies everywhere. Right. And, and Donald Trump, General Flynn, Mike Flynn, they, they all have a spy network. And they're infiltrated right. within the deep state. They're infiltrated all over. They know what's happening, when it's happening, and why it's happening. Right. I uh, I'm telling you guys, it's 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 nice. I mean, it's, doesn't it doesn't it feel like a relief though when you hear him say that thing that like that? I mean, it's like good. You know, at least there's we feel like there's somebody that's out there doing something besides just me and you and others that are trying to get the word out there. But there are other people who really are inside that are trying to make that difference for us instead of us feeling like we're yelling at ourselves inside of a five-gallon bucket on our head. We've yeah. got so much to, to be helpful for. Um, I'm not trying to create hopium, but the hope, it does allow you to move on to the next day as well, knowing that there's a possibility. Well, listen to this. This is from uh, Paul Sperry. For people who don't know... Paul Sperry is a New York Times columnist, a longtime Hoover Institution media fellow, ex-DC bureau chief. Um, you can find a real clear uh, investigations.com, but he, he put this out this weekend. Speculation growing on the Hill that U.S. Attorney David Weiss, the Delaware prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden, may have pressured the sudden discovery of Biden's private far-flung stash of classified White House material. Now, now hold on. I, okay, so we'll, we'll discuss this in full, okay? Right, um, right. Who's, who's David Weiss? Do, do you know who David Weiss is? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So when we first found out about the Justice Department investigation into the finances Hunter Biden in December of 2020, an investigation actually began in 2018, nearly two years with zero leaks. Hunter said he wasn't mm-hmm. aware of it himself until December of 2020. Okay. October of 2022 is reported that there was sufficient evidence to charge Hunter, but it would be up to the U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who was overseeing the, key, the case. Uh, they also mentioned the probe was focused on Hunter's dealings with China and Ukraine. Biden's dealings with Ukraine are no secret. This is from my buddy John Harold, by the way. Right. All right. Um, shortly after taking office, Biden's DOJ asked all Trump appointed U.S. attorneys to resign with two notable ex- uh, exemptions. The two notable exemptions are John Lausch and David Weiss. Okay. Yep. Um, we don't know necessarily what was launched. But A.G. Garland assigned Lausch to conduct the initial investigations on whether the special counsel was needed regarding Joe Biden's handling of classified docs. So that's interesting. So if Paul Sperry's uh, tweet is true, that only two Trump-appointed attorneys that were not asked to resign by Biden's DOJ are both connected to Biden's handling of classified docs. If Sperry's tweet is true, then Weiss' investigation into Hunter's overseas business dealings was not only evolved to include Joe Biden, but it has no doubt become a national security matter. How did an investigation that started with Hunter Biden's business dealings result in a special counsel investigating Joe Biden's handling 
of classified docs. So basically, for everybody out there who's trying to figure this out, is we heard that Joe Biden's lawyers were sifting through these documents and finding them, trying to locate them. This is because this attorney who's investigating Hunter Biden, appointed by the attorney general, Mm-hmm. had discovered the classified documents at the Penn Center. So his team went out there. They discovered the original classified documents. That sent Joe Biden's lawyers on a frenzy to uncover all classified documents before somebody else found them. Panic in D.C. Panic in D.C. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that this is like a white hat type of operation. I think that this is the deep state the Democrats, okay, the Western global order setting to remove all Chinese-affiliated infiltration in the United States of America. Hear me out here. Okay. Joe Biden, China Joe. Eric Swalwell slept with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Dianne Feinstein had a driver for 30 years in her vehicle who was a Chinese spy, was arrested under the Trump administration. Nancy Pelosi, gone. Adam Schiff, not getting any committee positions. Ilham mm-hmm. Omar, right? These people are infiltrated by China. China yep. right now is rising up against a globalist new world order. So you have a totalitarian one world new world order that is rising up in the West. On the East, if you want to call it that, you have a nationalist New World Order rising up, where states remain their own independent entities, but rise up in economic and technological development for a sustainable future, moving forward the progression of humanity. Now, which one I, would I want to be a part of? None of them that have China <laughs> anywhere near the reign of it, okay? So right. China is still the enemy here. Even though we talk about China as like fighting the New World Order, we have to remember the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so yep. they're both trying to create a New World Order. But right now, the Western nations are getting creamed through economic warfare and asymmetric warfare by China. So what they're doing is they're removing all that infiltration from the United States of America, cleaning it out. It's my thoughts that Joe Biden will be gone within the year, whether he's going to have a a natural passing, (laughs) 25th Amendment, an impeachment, (laughs) that Joe Biden will be gone Well, remember, Trump said that. He says the 25th is not going to be a problem for me. It's going to be a problem for Joe, Joe Biden. I mean, going back to the time travel stuff, I don't know. This guy has been so spot on. It's, it's, I mean, he's, he's banging it out for 100%, 100% here. So, I mean, where, we see here this free fall. They're going to Cuomo him. You know, Cuomo gets a, an, an, uh, was it an, an Oscar or an Emmy? And uh, then three months later, he's gone. Like, he's vapor. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about him since. But yet he was, he was on TV every day giving his daily updates and all this other stuff where he was out there – you know, get your free French fries with every shot. <laughs> and then he's gone. So what are we going to see with Biden? Well, I think you're going to see something very similar with Biden. But w- what we're seeing right now is this warfare of of China versus the U.S. that's happening clandestinely. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think that the deep state is moving in to remove all Chinese influence in D.C. This is my thought. And it makes a lot of sense when we start looking at this. I mean, Joe Biden and this classified material, this is more than an impeachable offense. Okay, this is kind of like treason. If you start connecting the Penn Center, the Joe Biden think tank in Washington, D.C., 
what was the actually money. happening there. Funded by $54 million of funding by the Chinese. They had full access to the place, which means they could walk in. Uh, Biden and Biden's staff, his staffers, right. were there every day, which means that classified documents could easily be sitting on the desk or sitting around where Chinese nationals can come in, read, take pictures of, and walk out, and nobody asks a question. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of like a reading room, right, for, mm-hmm. for the Chinese to, to get all of uh, – the information that they need. So, but how do we know if he wasn't exchanging that information in and out? So, what if those docs were what was just had been left there in the last pile that was being exposed? So, you know, each month he's bringing in a hundred new pages, a hundred new pages. Uh, we don't know so, that yet, right? Well, that, the, here, here's a here's a little part of this that I don't I want people to to see the hard copy classified docs are not what I'm worried about. Okay. The hard copied classified documents that are being found from Joe Biden. Um, I even think that these could be a plant. And I say that because there's something more going on here. Right. The Penn Center, the Joe Biden think tank, which is used every day by his staffers, is used by Joe Biden. Joe Biden goes there. Mm-hmm. What type of connection would you have to have for the Internet at that place? Oh, sipper, uh, sipper, nipper, or giant. You'd have to have sipper, one. You'd have to have a sipper and nipper net access, right? Yeah. So basically, this becomes a portal or a hub into <laughs> U.S. intelligence. So this oh. is the intermediary. This is the so one So they have place. a K card. They have a K card. Boom. They walk in. They can go in and look around wherever they want to. Yeah, they don't even need a K card. They, they just need one of the people who's there already logged in. They just they could leave their K card laying around. It doesn't matter, right? How about this? Is that think about what was happening with China, uh, with China and Hillary Clinton's emails? She was simply had metadata with a script that ran every time that she replied or forwarded an email, it would send an email to China. They could have something like that easily there. But here's the thing: is they're oh, yeah. not going to risk releasing that information, and so they come out and say something like classified docs, right? We'll be right back. Normalized we'll conversation. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back with the Dark Delight show. So, so in my opinion, yep. to finish that, right. that segment up there, is okay. uh, Joe Biden is going down. I think he's going oh, down. Yeah. I think he's out there. Yeah. And we well, talked about I, it last I, week in the sense of how Trump could become president because of all this. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, there's so many things out. And the sad thing is, is like, I mean, it's just not getting better. None of this is getting better with age. All the news is coming out. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. But I am hearing, you know, as much as nobody wants to, to admit it, they are hearing the real truth about this. And even though they're doing, still doing the cognitive dissidence where they're not willing to accept it, the seed is still planted. There is movement on that needle, but again, we go back to the 28% of people that have the running narrative in their head, and the others are just NPCs. I mean, we're, we're living that, right? right. So, hey, um, how come your buddy, uh, Klaus, I mean, you guys had lunch yesterday, didn't you? Why, why is he not going to his Cool Kids Club meeting? These will not be going to Stavos. I don't know, man. It's um, I think that... Soros uh, has a scheduling conflict. He's got so, a So John Kerry, John Kerry sent his assistant... So he, the climate czar of the United States sent his assistant. George Soros announced today 
I will not be going. The former uh, uh, Hitler youth will not be yeah. attending. And then Klaus Schwab, the protege of Hitler, has some health problems. So, you know, three very, very important people that sit at that table, that that council, that committee of 300, Soros, And we're all Schwab, praying for his full recovery, Kerry, Mr. Klaus. Yeah. Uh, will not be attending the opening ceremonies of uh, the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos. Huh. And so I think, uh, I think potentially that there's a security concern. And I think Something that happened. there could be a potential false flag inbound, as we call it in the truth movement, false flag inbound in Davos. I just a thought. Yeah. It's just a thought. With looking at everything that's happening, 5,000 Swiss troops there deployed, uh, providing security. You have in a, a whole city bunch of 10,000. Yeah, a whole bunch of people yeah. not actually attending that are all canceling last minute and sending their aids. I think that something's going on. Yeah. Well, we've talked about red. We, I said there's red flags. I mean, there's gonna there's got to be something. You got the Joey thing going on. You've got oh, hey, by the way, in connection with this whole WEF thing, which again they've just they're now erasing the whole you'll eat bugs and own nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been pulling that off of their website. They're cleansing their websites of those those statements that Klaus Schwab made. Um, uh, tying they're gonna wait. This. They're gonna wait till they vaccinate all the livestock and it starts dying off before they bring it back. Oh, right. You want to get yeah. convince everybody to run to that, guys? You need to be going talking to your local butcher. You know, there's a local processor, meat processor, guys. Get a relationship with those guys because I tell you, there's so much going on out there. Um, but you know, uh, one of the things I read over the weekend too, and we got this whole thing going on with the Cool Kids Club, and I call it the Cool Kids Club because obviously we're not invited, you know, mm-hmm. and we're the lesser than. So this whole thing is going on. Um, We have a real problem with what they're saying, and we are the majority. I mean, there's only 310, quote-unquote, dignitaries showing up for this Cool Kids Club meeting. We can't stand up against 310 of them, even with their assistance. Maybe that's 3,000 of them because of 10 apiece. But, you know, why do they need to bring 5,000 people in to secure a town that only has 10,000 people to begin with? There's just a lot of math that doesn't work here, a lot of things that are going on. But the idea that these people think that they're so above us is just amazing. Um, and the generational you know, mind manipulation that we're living under, because these people have been trained and grown up into this, this lifestyle of you know, lording over people, we've got to be the difference makers. And I think we've got that great opportunity right now. There's a lot of windows for patriots, God and country, who want to stand up and be the right people. Look what happened in Illinois. 50 counties in Illinois said, hey, uh, we're not going to take away people's guns. They have full rights to everything. The sheriffs in 50 of the counties in Illinois are saying, you know, back off. So I, I am seeing those those little rays of hope where we're actually standing up and saying we're not going to play this game anymore. Well, I think that, yeah, we, we can see these rays of hope. But here's the thing is that we're, we're living in the midst of a tumultuous time of power and corruption and that the powers that be mm-hmm. are – I always viewed them as a multiple, a multiple headed hydra, right? So it's a hydra. So right. you have all these heads that are fighting for hydra. the same body. The body is yeah. the planet. It's the people. It's the economy. It's all this stuff. And these heads are all battling it out. But it, they're not battling out with kinetic warfare. You have secret mm-hmm. warfare that's going on in the backdrop. Right. Okay? And this is economic. It's social and cultural. It's political. It's bio, bio weapons. And Mm -hmm. what we're seeing unfold right now is this kind of convergence where all of these battles are coming to the head and and moving towards the surface 
to finally where someone is going to come out as the victor. Now, I have a feeling that what's going to happen is that yeah, I got a feeling that the uh, <laughs> what's going to happen is that the Western global order is going to get back under control of conservatives in America, that Donald Trump's going to get back in, the, the United Nations, NATO, everything like that will fall back in line with Western globalism ran through Donald Trump. And so I think that that's a very dangerous thing for the global order <clears throat> because it basically promotes nationality, nationalism, mm -hmm. right? It promotes right. each country as a sovereign individual nation all taking part voluntarily in an economic partnership. And I think that that will rise up. It will lead the World War III, basically a, a convergence of the BRICS nations, and that mm -hmm. there will be economic warfare waged out there, maybe even kinetic warfare. But that's what I think is going to happen in the next 10 years. Also, I think that yeah. the United States might go through a small civil war, predominantly within the southern states, the southern to western states. Um, that, that could happen, absolutely. And I think there's going to be a lot of chaos over the next five to 10 years. Well, and that's – and again, it, you, the more we talk about this, though, and this is one thing I want everybody to understand is that – the more we talk about this, the more we have these dramatic conversations about the effects of these people and what their intentions are, you're actually building up defenses. You're building up barriers to say, I'm not going to go that far. You're not going to take me there. And so you're being mentally prepared. And actually, there's things that once you make that mental preparedness, your body starts doing things as well. You start you know, thinking about, I want to do this, or I want to do that. And you start having conversations with other people, and you create a better landing when these things come so that you're not affected or victimized by it. I mean, that's what a lot of this is, is they want to be able to surprise a lot of people and then victimize them with it. That's We saw that in the let's shut everything down to slow the spread thing. Everybody freaked out. And then what a lot of us did was we didn't freak out. And then we got mad at the people who were freaking out. Like, why are you yet? Why are you freaking out? Don't do this. Come on out here. It's okay. It's safe. And just the idea that we have these conversations, that's why it's completely necessary to go through this and really tear down, clear down to the scary parts, down the parts that don't make you feel good. Because then you can normalize that conversation, create a better outcome, and we actually, I actually look at it as a victory for us because we're defeating them before they even really get started. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of my things is that I've been following this for a long time. It's fine. It, it's great to finally see it kind of come to the surface and people learn and realize about it. Um, it mm -hmm. is a very, very dangerous game. Um, one thing that I was told um, many years ago by somebody who. Um, understands what's happening in the world right now very well from that point of view, uh, from that stature, if you guys can understand that. They said survive mm -hmm. what's coming. They said survive mm -hmm. what's coming. They don't say don't try to stop it. Don't interfere and try to you know retain your fear. Just survive what's coming. Because if you think about all these heads of the Hydra coming together and battling each other out, right? once they begin battling that whole hydra comes vulnerable. Right. And it's at that point of vulnerability that those who were prepared for it to happen, those who survived, get to rebuild and pick up the pieces. Get right. to look back and say, damn, we're not doing that again. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. That They get to reorganize. And so this is the interesting thing about survive what's coming. Survive it financially, socially, Right. Politically, generationally, 
hope what you pass on to your children or, you know, what, you know, how many kids you have, what you teach them as they grow. You know, that's, uh, what was that? That was that 80 song, you know, teach the children or whatever it was. That was was a 60s song by Crosby, Stills, Nash, um, called teach, teach your children. And and I'm pretty sure, uh, we'll have that at the, the spot at the next break. (laughs) Right. <laughs> but that's a- <laughs> he's probably looking for it right now like oh that's a good one right but but yes but- you're right is that you have to teach generational is that you have to instill within your children within your family the understanding what there it is of what's happening hmm. and you there know you what go. very smart very right and here it is for you Crosby <laughs> Stilson Nash we'll be right back in a minute with more Dark Delight Show who are on the road must have a code that you can live by and so become yourself because the past is just a goodbye teach your children well their father's hell Slowly go by. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of My Pillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to mypillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And man, this show went by fast, didn't it? Hey, 
Hey, yeah. you know, Jim, I got to ask you. Yes, sir. Enough right. talk with the new world order here. Did you <laughs> see, because today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and, and we right. should remember that king, Martin Luther right. King Jr., because that was a man who, who basically ignited the whole civil rights era. This is a man right. who spoke out about truth and convictions. He's a man who led the way for, for not only just, you know, minorities or African-Americans, but, but many people, many different classes of people throughout this country. Did you see this new sculpture they just unveiled for him? Okay, I yes. Okay, it looks like some weird crap, but if you actually get the photo that follows up, it makes sense. But if you have to have a photo to follow up art, then art sucks. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it, it, it does. It, it's really <laughs> It's bad. so vague in what it looks like. It looks like – I don't know what you think it looks like. It looks horrible. I don't know. But if you look at the picture from what it was pulled from, it makes a lot more sense. But they left out like 90% of the picture to make that under, – really understand right. what they were doing. So there. basically for everybody out there, the pictures, the sculpture is called Embrace. And right. this, this sculpture – was supposed to be Dr. King and Coretta, his wife, embracing mm-hmm. each other. So what they did is the embrace is just showing the shoulder and the arms. But it, it honestly looks like Dr. King is holding a big piece of doo-doo. <laughs> it, it, I'm serious. It does. It's, it's a bronze stature. It, it looks yeah. like he's holding it's a huge. big... It's looks like yeah. he's holding a big piece of doo-doo or, he's, or she's holding a big ding-dong. And... It really looks or, bad. From one angle, it looks like someone's head's up their butt. It, like it's like twenty feet tall, though. This is not right. like a sculpture that's like four feet tall. This thing is huge. This is not something they accidentally just like. I mean, I don't know. I mean, someone. Where was the approval process? Who paid for this? Where was the? How bad were the others that they didn't accept? I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> a lot of questions out there. I don't know. I, I think they could have done better for him, but anyway. It's my opinion. Well, I think that what what should have happened is the artist who did, was a sculptor should have walked mm-hmm. around the conceptualization of the idea, right? I mean, like look at it from all angles, not just three D rendering. The one, right? A little three D <laughs> rendering and looked at it from all angles and said, "Hey, that looks like he's carrying a piece of doo doo. Hey, that looks like a big ding dong. Hey, that right. looks like he's got his head up his butt, like." Right. Come on. I mean, somebody. Yeah. Somebody just put forth some effort here. I mean, where's the city council? Where was the guy who wrote the final check? Where were, I mean, there was where were the checks and balances up to this? Everybody and here's I'm, I I talk about this quite a bit is the, the 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 decline of art and what we consider to be art now. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at some of the amazing portraits and things that we had out through the, the annals of history, the the statues of David, all these different things that were amazing pieces of art. And now we're getting so abstract that we're, we're seeing other things in the art than what they really are. And that's – then no, it's no longer art. It's just something, right? And if I have to have some a picture describe whatever it is what you were show, showing me, that's not art. That's not describing or projecting anything forward, is it? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Campbell Soup drawing from Andy Warhol is really that great. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> my opinions well. do not reflect the this, this station or anybody <laughs> I don't think many things from Andy Warhol are very great. Um, some of this art, I, I, I like. Uh, I like the public gum, actually. I like public gum. No. But, um, so it's the abstract stuff that has really gotten out of hand. The paint splatters, the 
<sighs> yeah, anyway. my, my dog and my, my pet bird are painting a picture together. And it's mm-hmm. selling for, you know, $30,000. Or, or Hunter Biden selling paintings for a half a million dollars. I mean, well, well sure. what's wrong with it? Dude, he's an artist. Come on. Hunter <laughs> Biden is an artist. That wasn't money laundering at all. That was because of his talent. I no, get it. it was, no, no, no. Money laundering. And how that always 10% goes laundering? to the big guy. I mean, how could yeah. you money launder with art? How is that even possible? I don't know, Penn, Penn State. Tell us how that works. How the $54 million. Oh, golly, guys. You can't just everything that comes up smells like that. That smells like oof, Joe Biden. I don't know. There's too much stuff out there, and, it, and we we got to be mindful that this is someone else is hopefully working on these things. But the problem is the credibility of the FBI is is the is the deep state destroying the credibility of the FBI, or is the FBI doing it to themselves, or was the FBI in the deep state, or are they now not married? I don't, I don't know. Um, but there's got to be some some type of justice moving forward to this whole thing because it's not going to end well. People are not going to go away on this. Uh, yeah, no, this is um, – we're going to see in 2023, 2024, mm-hmm. things that probably have never been seen before in this country, topics that have probably never been talked about. We're going to see crimes that were committed – of such a great atrocity that the average public are going to think that it's merely conspiracy theory, even though it's being talked about on the mainstream media. Right. Things are coming down to an unveiling. You know, it's interesting, too, because if you get into the Bible and you start talking revelations, right? We right. are in the apocalypse. We we are in the apocalypse. And like I don't mean that. Like or something like that. Well, I don't mean like, you know, Jesus is coming down or or the world's going to end or anything. What I mean is that the apocalypse is actually a word which is Coptic Christianity or Egyptian Christianity. But it derives Mm -hmm. from ancient Egyptian mysteries. And it means the unveiling. And the unveiling is the unveiling of Isis of Sais, which is uh, one of the goddesses of ancient Egypt. And as her veil is removed, the secrets of the universe are revealed. And so we are in the apocalypse right now. The secrets that have all been hidden in the darkness are being unveiled. Wow. Well, and I, and that's one of the things that we've been talking about. I mean, I've talked about on the show. We've talked about on your show. You talk about all the time is is you know pulling back the veil, looking at things differently. I, you know, change your perspective as well as your perception, which is the angle which you look at things and how you process it. We're all doing that now. And then once you you can't unsee it, right? I mean, I talk about on the, the movies and stuff when you see the the tire tracks in the in the dirt of an old western, you can't unsee the plane in the background. You can't unsee the power lines. You know, it, you always see that in that movie again. And so there's things now in this movie I call it a lot of times is that you can't unsee it. You can't undo it. Why are these things mm-hmm. coming out so fast and heavy? Well, some of us are way ahead, but others are just catching up. I've had conversations with people that I know are at least two to three years behind what's really going on right now and they're just getting involved it's like good thing you're getting involved but you've got a lot of eating to do um and there's a lot of information out there for you to process and i think that's that thing that is you're hungry doing the i hope you're hungry (laughs) how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time sweetheart just keep chewing (laughs) just keep chewing just keep oh that's a different movie um but this is a lot of a lot of a lot of eating to do oh they do and it's and and I, I always I always get them with you know I think all movies are documentaries, and you start looking at the documentary effect of every every movie you see is entertainment. When you were just talking about 
you know, things that were referencing, you know, uh, was it the the Avengers? You know, there's things you referenced that were in different movies, and we've just it just keeps coming up over and over and over again. So it's not like you can't see that, like with The Matrix and Wag the Dog. Go watch those two movies back to back. Go watch Wag the Dog and The Matrix, and then tell me how you feel after that. All this makes complete sense. Ukrainian war makes sense. Everything you're like, oh, pfft, we're just being screwed off here. Ah. This is real. Because there's a lot of other words involved there. That we can't. The FCC says I can't say on on air. Um, it's real, absolutely real. And well, we take control of it, like you said. That we we take control of it, and then we can make the difference, right? And we get to land the plane the way we want to. We generationally will have children that will make the difference and that will not forget to tell the tales of when we were alive and that we were the difference makers. And we should be proud of that. We should be emboldened by that, the fact that we can have children right now. Uh, those of us that are, have not taken the government chemical can have children. Sorry, I don't mean to pick on people. But those of us that haven't should be out there doing our best to make sure that we keep moving our message forward, and that is through generations. That's it. And I think that's uh, maybe maybe that's the message you're going to talk about in the next hour. I've got to run, yep. but you guys are going to be back with Jim Price here for the next hour of the Dark to Light Show. Much love, respect, God bless. I'll see you guys tomorrow along with Jim Price. Jim Price will see you in the next hour. Enjoy. Take care. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the new world order. Welcome back, everybody. The Dark Delight. I'm Jim Price, uh, sitting here for another hour with you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in just after your lunch hour. So what a great part of your day to listen to me and Josh. And as we go into this last hour, the, I mean, think about the song, the intro song there. I know we always kind of blaze right past that, but in reality, think about you know you're in the machine, right? Well, but the thing is, is you can make your part of the machine what you want. And if you work in unison with other parts that you want to work with, think about how you can change that machine and how the effect of you really becomes impactful in the world around you and those that see you. I, I, I'm always, always mindful to try to remind myself. I always try to you know, make it a purpose to think about, you know, Jim, people look at you and see you for your actions. And yes, your words need to match your actions. And there's a lot of people that are paying attention that will never say anything to you. But you do impact their life. You do make a difference. And how can we be that difference? Well, because we don't bother to shut our mouths. Because we say we're not going to stand for this. We're going to default to freedom. We're not going to let people default to incarceration. And I, I think that's a real dividing line. In every topic, I say selflessness over selfishness. It's, I, I talk about this constantly. 
And I could do this with anything from preachers to school teachers to city councilmen to your politicians to your world leaders. You know, these Davos meeting. Why are these people going there? There's only 11,000 or 10,000 people that live in Davos full time. There's going to be 5,000 you know, quote-unquote, we'll call security forces, different military and police force, whatever, policy enforcers that were there. So there's going to be 5,000 there. So we went from 11,000, now we got 16,000, and then there's another 310 dignitaries, quote-unquote, that are signing up, but then there's all the entourage and support staff and security for those. So let's say there's another 3,000. Somehow we've gotten close to almost doubling the amount of people in this city just for the next four days. And uh, I didn't realize that we, you know, we needed to do that. I mean, we, I didn't, I don't know what Davos really is like. I guess it's a great ski town or whatever resort, but I would be kind of torqued off that suddenly I'm getting lashed in with this WEF thing, this World Economic Forum, unless the city council, the county commissioners in that area or however their government is set up in that part of the world, maybe they enjoy that attention. Maybe that's the kind of clientele they want to bring in, the people that are wanting to take over the world, you know, those kind of people. But again, guys, let's look back to ourselves, right? Like I always say, you know, if your future is a reflection of your heart now, what is it, what are you doing with your heart and what do you want it to be? And what do you want your future to be? And that's the amazing part of this is there's, there's so many things that you can be and make the world around you be, and people are watching like I said, they may never tell you anything. They may never say nothing, but they're going to pick up the, the Lugol's iodine. They're going to go ahead and add more salt to their diet. They're going to start using uh, butter and tallow instead of actually using any type of, of estrogen-based vegetable oil, and that includes olive oil. Um, all these, these different things we're using out there that they told us was going to help us actually is an absolute backwards to what really helps us. If you actually see that the introduction of uh, vegetable-based uh, cooking oils actually created heart cholesterol problems and heart attacks and other things. See, again, I can put, I can go out there and point out to you all the things they told you to do. Fluoride, fluoride tears your teeth apart and, de and decalcifies your bone and causes you to have brittle bones instead of soft bones. Iodine, Lugol's iodine, will actually soften your bones and strengthen your teeth. See how it's exactly opposite? They tell you to run to fluoride, but that's actually a byproduct of a chemical process, and it's actually toxic waste. But again, I, I digress, right? So there's an article that came out uh, that was it says the Great Reset household wealth uh, optimism collapses. Global survey survey shows it says here that barely two in five people believe their families will be better off in the future. I think that they're winning the mind game of this, don't you think? I mean, look at that. Uh, according to a regular global survey that also identified growing levels of uh, distrust in institutions. Uh, among low-income households, this Elderman Trust Barometer, uh, which uh, for uh, see which for over two decades has polled the attitudes of thousands of people, found the economic pessimism was at its highest in some of the world's top economics uh, economies, such as United States, Britain, Germany, and Japan. Well, look at that. They're winning the mind game of a lot of people. That means a lot of these normies out there. People not. I, I, I'm I'm saying that. The, the majority of our listeners here and you know and you know in Buffalo and Batavia and Rochester all these different areas and we're getting ready to expand so be excited about that guys where there's more people are going to be coming under the umbrella um, of WYSL this is going to be great okay but the majority of you guys are already there you guys know what's going on but there's a lot of people out there that are just looking in despair and those people need you 
They need to hear this. They need to hear my voice telling you guys, listen, there is a way out. There is a better way. You can make this what you want it to be, but you got to put forth that effort. And that effort is is not like, you know, well, we've got to go out and build a brick wall and we got to put a fortress up. No, a lot of it's just you talking. And I say this over and over and over again. I'm hoping that it sticks with you because we need to bind together. But this right here, this is kind of disturbing in a lot of ways that there's only two, uh, barely two out of five believe that, that's, that there's going to be a great future. Now, I actually think there is going to be a great future. I think that we're seeing the dip. I think we're seeing the, the bottom of the trough, and it, we're just kind of more aware of it. We've been on this roller coaster because we have the knowledge from the past history. We've got the knowledge of other mistakes made, so we're trying to be better about this. I think we're going through this trough and this time of dysphoria where people are going around thinking they're attack helicopters and I'm a his, whiz, this, piz, whatever, they, whatever the version they want to tell you they are today. Um, we're seeing that decline. But I also know, just like me and Josh were just talking a few minutes ago, we get to be decision makers going forward if we get ourselves on the right side of this in history. And we can be those people that actually get to write the history in a way that says, listen, don't make this mistake again. Don't be these people. Don't be the brown shirts. And, and don't put people into ghettos. And then you know, now we use words ghetto, uh, but it was actually a derogatory term that was made up a long time ago during World War II long before the, the World War II actually started. But we got to be mindful of the history so we don't repeat it, and then we don't repeat it again in the future. How come we're not compounding interest, not compounding interest, compounding knowledge? Think about this. I'm, I'm talking to you about brown shirts, and there's probably a, a segment of you guys that don't even know what the brown shirts were in Germany. But there's a lot of you go, I know exactly what they were. The thing is, is that if I have to educate you that, well, then there's some more we got to do, right? So the brown shirts were not a part of the military. They weren't a part of the policy enforcers, the policemen. They weren't part of the sheriffs or any of that. These were a group. This was a group of people that went around and were doing the will, the public, the, the, the political will of those that were in politics. And they went around and it was thuggery. I mean, we're talking, oh, wait, Antifa. What did we see for there for almost well, how long during Trump's presidency that we saw these attacks on businesses, on homes, on individuals? We're seeing this where they're, it's not us. It's the white supremacists that are doing it. But yet yeah, it's the Antifa who's doing it. The news is saying it's white supremacy, but then it's Antifa who's doing it, who's an anti-Marxist group. I mean, you see how it just keeps you off balance? You can't feel like you're getting a footing? That's done purposefully. They want you to feel like you don't know what you're talking about or what you're thinking or who really the enemy is. And I've, I've said this a lot. It says it's, uh, it's what's between your legs, what color your skin is, and what you do in your bedroom. That's the best way to divide you. That's it. And because we all have our own ideology, we have our own tribal effect of who we think we are, but when you start picking at me because I am a, a color of my skin is a certain way, or what I, you know, my gender, what's between my legs, or what I do in my bedroom, if you create these unstable conversations, then no one talks out. No one speaks out. And you are controlled through fear of not wanting to have confrontation. Now, a part of being conservative is you do you, I do me. I'm not getting involved. You know, no big government. We don't need to get, you know, we don't need to get involved in these things. And we pull back away. But the problem is, is that those that are the squeakiest wheels are the ones that are kind of the Looney Tunes right now. I mean, think about the, how weird things are on the other side of this. 
And a lot of the Democrats that were on that side have gotten left behind by the crazies out there trying to make up things as we go along. Uh, there's a Nevada school that's actually being sued by parents, and uh, the title of his nest, Nevada School District sued for pornographic assignment that was barred from being read to school to the school board. The school board didn't even want you reading it, but yet the students were required to do this. The lunacy in which these people work is absolutely breathtaking. But they're the squeaky wheel, so they get the camera, they get the microphone, they get the headlines, and we're all wondering how we got here because we were quiet. But this is generations ago, and we don't have to fall under that. We can be different. But again, we go back to the Davos thing. We go back to the World Economic Forum thing. There's a lot of pieces in there that don't make a lot of sense to to me. I don't understand how 310 people are showing up to this meeting that is going to affect the rest of the world if we don't pay attention. If we just move on from them, we walk away from them, they don't affect us. But we have to be able to be bold and brave, right? And that's the hard part because we have that worry. Like, what's going to happen if I stand up? What happens if I defend myself and say, no, the second, the, my, my Second Amendment is absolutely necessary, what what if what do you do? What what happens to you if you stand up? Are they going to take you one down by one by one by one? Now there's in Illinois talking about the Second Amendment. There's 80 counties. The sheriffs have said that they will not enforce assault weapons ban. That means that the sheriffs are actually doing their job as a constitutional officer. A constitutional officer is your sheriff in your county. He's your line of defense against all the stuff. Guys, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Thank you so much for being here. And we've got a few messages. We'll be right back. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Up in the morning and out to school. Welcome back to WYSL. Jim Price here on the Dark Delight Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. You know, what an amazing time that we get to be aware of what's really going on. Well, wait, that doesn't sound like that's... Wait, we're aware of it? Well, yeah, we're aware of it now. There's so many things that we were not aware of that were happening. Let's say the JFK thing. Okay, the JFK thing. We weren't, we weren't told the accurate truth about a lot of things. And there's a lot more things coming out now, even though there were still redactions of the JFK information. But yet, at the time, our own government said if anybody talks against what was actually the narrative on television, that they're a conspiracist. And the conspiracist turned into this n- ugly little nasty word to be a conspiracist. Oh, you're a conspiracist. But then a little later, they threw the theory on there. Now, again, if you take the word conspiracy and you take the word theory, they really don't work well together. But it was a coined phrase that made us all get wrapped around the idea that there's some crazies out there. Oh, you're conspiracy theorists. So there was like this action effect to it. In reality, it was all made up for mind manipulation. And I, and I, guys, they got me on 9-11. Well, a lot of you guys got got on JFK. The sad part of it is, is it's taken us generations almost to get to the truth of that. And why? Why can't we have that full transparency? And we're, there's a problem here. we got transparency issues across this country right now with school districts. And here's an article that came out. Uh, the country's biggest school districts are explicitly hiring, I'm sorry, hiding children's gender transition from the parents. 
Now, this is a real thing. The Daily Caller says um, some of the largest school districts in the country are promoting policies that require educators to hide students' gender transitions. The policies tell educators to let ch- uh, the students drive their gender transitioning process and to only involve parents when the student wants to. Now, right there, I, I, I don't know if you guys ever listened to Jordan Peterson, but I, I, I do listen to him quite a bit. And I, he's actually under huge attack out of Canada by the, uh, the governing body, the association that, that uh, administers his medical license as a psychologist. And they are telling him he needs to go in to do this reprogramming. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm not using reprogramming as a catchphrase. This is their words. They want him to go in and get reprogrammed. They think that what he did on the Joe Rogan show is way out there and that he has gone too far, and especially on climate change, right? And we all know that climate change is just a way of more money grab, more money grab, more money grab. By the way, if you default everything to money grab, I mean, it, it takes away from the, the lesson, right? So – we see that over and over again. But he said one of the things that Jordan Peterson talked about was that the reason we see this gender dysphoria stuff, we see these kids doing this body manipulation and different things with their hair and piercings and all this modification stuff is because no one told them no. And a lot of people will push back on me again instantly for saying that. But in reality, I've said this over and over again, dogs, children, and the government need to be told no often because it makes them better. And uh, he actually shows where the, the, the psychological uh, process of a child, they need boundaries. They need to be told no. So they can then enter, look inside of themselves and then reprocess what's going on and then make a better decision going forward. And they're able to get through life easier because they build in um, those conflict resolution skills that most don't. And the reason that we have these kids out there doing weird stuff is because no one told them no. And I know that sounds too trivial, too easy But if you give it some time to think about it and you process that a little bit, you'll see where we're at. So let's go back to this article. The nation's largest school districts are implementing policies that require educators to keep students' gender transition a secret from the parents. Los Angeles United School District, Chicago Public Schools, and New York Public Schools, New York, are promoting practices and policies that hide a student's uh, gender status from their parents. The policies have become a cultural flashpoint amid a battle over the role of parents should play that that should play in the child's education so in other words they're 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 picking and choosing what you think you need to know about your own child what your child is going to tell you or what they have to tell you what the teacher has to tell you i mean as a kid when i went to school i mean i'm 51 so i went to school if the teacher was going to call my parents like whoa whoa you know, crap, I'm in trouble because the, those two authorities in my life are talking and they're going to get me in line. They're going to make sure I bring up my English grade or they're going to make sure I, you know, do this or that or the other thing. But instead, now the teacher, not, but not with any correlation to or, or connection with the administration, the teacher gets to decide what they're going to tell the parent or not tell the parent according to what the child's request is. So do you see how this is going to go way out of line? This is going to go way out of control. That's why there was a girl in Ohio that had a litter box in the girl's restroom because she identified as a cat. And this I, I this is a real story, guys. This is not me making it up. I'm not embellishing. This is a factual story. I actually talked to witnesses, eyewitnesses about this. This girl would meow and all this hiss at kids that would bark at her and do all these things. But she would literally go in and scratch the gravel and use a box that the janitor had to supply for her because she chose to be a cat at school. 
Now, remember the districts I just talked about that are doing this. we got L.A., Chicago, and New York. I mean, this is this is your guys' home turf. This is you guys, use guys, right? Um, it says the parents' role should play in the child's education and, and extend to which gender ideology has infiltrated the K-12 classrooms. Parents, uh, no teachers at school or administrators um, are for, oh, wait, I'm messing this up here. Los Angeles School District, the second largest school district in the nation, has 565,000 students, and it has a gender identity and students ensuring equality and non-discrimination policy. I read that just exactly how it was written. I'm, I don't make these titles up because people are weird. Uh, the policy tells educators to be mindful that a student may not tell their children, the tell their parents. And it is up to them to keep that secret for the child. The child gets to do this. And the educator is going to help them through the transition process. Educators are advised to not reveal a student's gender identity unless the student wants because the parent may not be supportive of the student. Uh, let's see what New York here. So New, York, uh, New York City Department of Education, uh, which oversees New York public schools, has more than a million students, released guidelines and protocols for trans, uh, transgender students that advised educators that some students do not want their parents to know about their gender status. Students do not need parental consent or a court-ordered name or gender change before changing their name or pronouns at the school. So Billy can be silly tomorrow because he just decides he's going to be something else, and he's just going to start going to the girls' bathroom instead of the boys' bathroom. This was actually a part of what they were doing like a year or so ago where they were pulling off in the elementary level and middle school and high school they were pulling the gender plates, name plates, or you know, where you go to the boys' room or the girls' room. They were pulling those off the wall. And so you just went to whichever bathroom was convenient. You just walked into whatever. So they were just letting boys and girls go in and out of bathrooms freely. Now, again, I get there's stalls and other things like that, and there's people like, well, Jim, it's probably not that big of a deal. The problem is, is school is already so tough on kids. They're trying to really grow and understand, and you're shoving education down their throat, which they're just teaching to the test now because there's really no education process. But then you throw in the ideology of, of having to figure out who you are, and your body's changing, and hormones going on, and this person likes you, and that person doesn't like you, This and, and then this, this happened, and that happened, and then you, you, know, you farted in class, and now you're a pariah. All these things are going on, and then you're going to throw in there, eh, just pick a bathroom. Pick a bathroom. Don't worry about it. Just, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, just go into that one, go into that one. It's no big deal. The problem is, is there are some kids who are bathroom shy already, and then you're going to throw that on, on top of it? These kids are not going to, they're going to, they're going to be holding their, their, their pee all day long because they don't want to go to the bathroom because they already have a bathroom problem. They were having a bathroom problem when it was just boys or just girls. And now what are you doing? Now you got teachers who are going to conspire with the student, and then the student gets to change their name from Billy to Silly without any parental consent or court order? This is just going to happen? We have lost absolute control of our education system. We have lost absolute control of what we consider to be our parental rights and what we should be doing to make this make our children what we want them to be. We talk about having more children as conservatives. We talk about we should be going out there and making sure that we pass our knowledge on down to the next generation. But how can we if we have this going on in our schools? Now if I had children today, let's say I you know, you know, we got boom, hey Jim, having a kid. All right. 
I'm guaranteeing you right now, knowing what I know about the education system we're having there, I don't know. I do not think I could ever send my child to public education. I just do not see how I want to put my child through this type of decision making that early on in their life. Now, I think that we we've we've made our kids soft. We we've let them stay in the home too long, and all that's a whole other conversation. But when they're younger and they're in those oppressable ages, we really need to be the 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 input for them. And not this this gender dysphoria crap that's going on where people are kids are going to school and saying they're an animal. I mean, and that's just okay? No. No, no, no. Oh, what a what a great song. This is so appropriate, right? Well, we're gonna as we go to commercial break here, I'm Jim Price on WYSL Dark Delight. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Listen here. Holly came from Miami FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the Dr. Light. I'm Jim Price. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here in the second hour. It has been a great, great show today, and I do appreciate you guys all tuning in. Guys, this is, uh, I just, I want you guys to hear these things because this is New York. This is not New York City. I know New York City's got a big school district there, but this is affecting the entire state. So this policy is getting out into the rural areas. And so the problem is, is that you get these educators who now have become political, I don't know, well, how do you call it? Really, you think about these, they're coming in and they're doing it their way, putting their ideology into education instead of just educating. And if they're there to teach your kid math, what has sexuality got to do with that? If they're teaching your kid history, what has sexuality got to do with that? Again, there's parts of this where it's just, I don't understand why we, as uh, the American citizens, if we were to talk this way to some of these kids, we would be labeled as uh, the same thing as we've all talked about the potato in chief. We, you know, him around go around sniffing kids, right, and sniffing women. But the idea is that if we were doing these things, we would be we'd be criminals. But these are doing it. These people are doing it behind a teacher's license, and suddenly it's an education process. I don't remember when I went into school that my teacher's sexuality was in any of my business. In fact, I went through school never knowing my teacher's first name. And now everybody's running around like, oh, just call me by my nickname or call me by this or call me by that. And and it's like, no, there should be a formality to certain things so that we understand that this is how we teach each other respect and we treat each other with respect. And I know that there was a lot of the stuff I've challenged you guys in the last hour or so that me and Josh were talking about and I, and I started talking about in the beginning of this hour. As I said, you know, you guys got to be bold. You, know, you got to get out there and do things. And and there there are scriptures out there that talk about Matthew 5, 5. It says, that blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, the problem is, is that too many times we forget what the word meek is to mean. Is the, the I don't know if that was good English or not, but I'm <laughs> hey, I'm a product of public education, guys, so you got to understand where I'm coming from. But the word meek really isn't about you being a coward. It's not about you bending to the will of someone else or being this, you know, oh, thank you, oh, sir, can you, yeah, none of that. To be meek is actually having on the breastplate of righteousness to have the shield and the sword sheathed at your side, knowing that you could take a life 
and you could you could do anything you will when you want. And it's actually saying that you can be this you can be as destructive as you want or you can hold back as much as you want, meaning that you have that discernment. And that's nothing to that's not weakness. That's the ultimate strength, knowing how you could be, but then holding back and using discernment about when you use that power. And in these times we're in right now, we're in a time right now where this should be kind of our main priority is to understand that we need to go out and put forth our will to make sure that we are heard and that these people are not victimized and our children are not put through things that they shouldn't be. Think about kids going through the education system, and this is this is going on. Um, the, we got. Uh, I, I don't want to go on this whole school thing, but it's really hitting me where it hurts because kids have got so many pressures already. You know, clothes and music and how you sp- say a word or don't say a word. Your hair's too long. Your hair's too short. It's the wrong color. I mean, good grief! Now you want to throw in here that there's sexuality, and then you're openly talking about it in the classroom. Where are the meek among us that are willing to stand up against those that are willing to take advantage of our softest targets? Why do you think they always use school shootings as a red flag to try to create more overreach into the Second Amendment? By the way, guys, I have had people get very sideways with me, and they don't like it, the fact that I say, listen, nowhere in there... Does it tell me about background checks? Does it tell me about how many freedom fries come out of the end of it or how big the barrel is or any how long the stock is or any none of those variables? It talks about it. It's 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 necessary to have that. It's necessary to be able to protect yourself. And you start picking and choosing who you can arm and disarm, that's a slippery slope, folks. And look what we always fighting about. They use the school shootings. They use these Walmart shootings. They get these, you know, the Vegas shooting, all this. When we find out all these things are all just red flags that were created by our government to create more control. And we should never, ever be afraid of our government. And our Constitution limits the government. Never once does it limit you. And if I have to say that at every show from now to the day I die so I could get out to every single person so everybody understands that, I will. I will literally make sure that I repeat it to you. Over and over and over again. Do not forget the Constitution limits the government. Never limits you. And by the way, think about this. When I say limits the government, that means your elected politicians have less constitutional rights because they took on that public position and they became a public servant. Now think about that. That's real words. Those, are, those have meanings. And it's exactly how the Constitution was written. But yet we we forget because they told us, well, we're the government, and we're here to help, and we're going to fix your life, and we're going to make your life better. Well, according to what I'm reading here with these different school districts, they're not making my life any better. And in fact, they're taking advantage of my soft target, my child. And I say my child because I think that we're all in this together. I think these children that they're victimizing are our children. These are our futures. And we want them to be protected in a way that allows them to grow up to be the best they can be, not something that they made up because they were being picked on and they thought that this would be a, a different way not to get picked on. Now, I don't know. At saying that I'm an attack helicopter in the middle of elementary school, I think that's going to create a problem with me and most of the kids in the classroom. But if the teacher is defending me being an attack helicopter, then the kids have to then not pick on me. So why wouldn't I pick something weird to be? 
So that's why Billy gets silly. Everybody knows Billy is silly now because we got to be, you know, got to make up some new crap for him to be. And because he's a protected whatever, do you see how kids are going to run to this quote-unquote safe harbor of being something other than what they are so they don't get picked on, so they feel elevated? Do you see how the psychology of this really works where they're coming after the soft targets of your children and your country? And who is the person that normalizes this conversation that talking about different sexual positions and things you can do to each other is okay in the classroom? Who had that, that, that conversation first, and why aren't they in jail? Why isn't these people, why isn't the superintendents and the teachers and the administrators, why are they supporting this? Where is this really coming from? Where is the money coming from that makes people think that this is okay? I mean, this is something that should be done at home. This is between the parents, and I think that the parents that are out there trying to push off that their kids are something they're not is there needs to be an event. You know, we need to talk to them about this. What's going on here? Is this really the child's wheel, or is this something you programmed into them? But if they can program in their kid that they're going to be something they're not, think about those of us that have our heads screwed on straight here and said, hey, listen, we're going to raise our children the best we can so that they are self-sufficient, self-reliant. Let, let's, let's make sure that we're pushing that ideology more. Let's make sure we're putting those kids out there more. We're doing the right thing with those kids. Now, there's going to be some parents that are going to do weird stuff, I guess. And that's what that's individual freedoms, right? Individual liberties. But at the school level, I don't think the school should be involved ever. They should just be teaching my kid math, English, some history, some PE, some dodgeball. That's it. I don't, I, there's nothing else. Oh, and shop. I think we need to be doing a lot of shop teaching. But that's my thing, right? That's my deal. Those are my wishes. And again, like I said, I don't think I would put my kids in this education system. And in the state I live in, in Kansas, I want you guys to think about this. One-third of the eligible students for Kansas go to private education. They, they, their, their parents pay for a private education outside of the public education. And yet the school at the state level, sues the legislation for more money every single year because they say they don't have enough money to educate the kids they have. But they're not educating one-third of those kids. So they get 100% of the money for only two-thirds of the kids. So they, they're getting a lot more money than they should, right? A third more? But they keep suing us for more money. Our own school districts, school, they sue us for more money. and But they're going to go out there and teach these kids to not talk to the parents, not to be open with them, to hide things from them. And I'm giving you my public dollars, but you cannot get the education level to be supreme in my state, and you don't educate a third of them. A third of them. You have 30% more money than you deserve because a third of the kids are not in the education system because they're going to private school, and you're telling me you need more money and you still can't get it right, but you got time to do this hiding thing behind my back? Do you guys see where I'm going with this? There is something morally wrong in these school districts, these city councils, these county commissions, that they're allowing this stuff to go on. Where is the local PD? Where's these policy enforcers that don't let you talk about sexuality in front of kids in public places? Where, where are they at? Where are the sheriffs? There's more to this than really meets the eye, and it's not just about policies. There's a lot of things that are getting missed here. I'm Jim Price here at WYSL. I've got a commercial break coming up. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Down the road at a bed, she ran to the police station. When the papa found out, he began to shout, he started. 
Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to Dark Delight with Jim Price. Thank you guys so much for being here. We only got a few minutes left here, so I want to get in this last little bit here. I mean, obviously Davos is on our mind, the WEF, all these people out there just trying to tell you how you should live your life while they just flew in on private jets, have an entourage of equipment and vehicles and all this other stuff as they tell you, the Great Reset, individual CO2 limits needed to, fly, to fight climate change, says German scientists. Let me, get, let me give you something right now, guys. I can, disbunk, I, can de- I can debunk this entire title right here in two seconds. It is literally 0.002% of the world's – I'm sorry. Yeah, 0.002% of the atmosphere is actually CO2. I mean, guys, it's absolutely ridiculous that we even begin to have this conversation. Do you know that CO2 is not the determining factor in what is our environment or our atmosphere? Most of our atmosphere is nitrogen. Really, guys? I mean, you get, you get right down to it. Nitrogen is the number one thing we all breathe. I mean, oxygen is anywhere from 13 to, to 18% of the, the atmospheric you know, thing around you. What you see is the atmosphere, the, the less dense water you flow through, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, where you're at. Okay, the thing you're breathing in and out is mostly nitrogen. You know, nitrogen is what you put in your tires so that they stay uh, temperature uh, temperature stable, so they don't get hot or cold, doesn't change the pressure in your tires. You pay a little extra for it. They just pull the nitrogen right out of the air. There's nitrogen concentrators. They pull it right out of the air. There's nothing special about it. No different than pulling air out of the air to put air in your tire. But nitrogen is temperature stable. Here's the problem with this, and this is a, this is this is a, the very end of this paragraph is going to where we're going to get the answer to what it is they're really wanting from you. Okay, an individual carbon dioxide limit should be applied to every person in order to establish a planetary guardrail. Do you know that we don't have CO2? Plants don't grow, right? You know that, right? That CO2 actually goes and soaks into the roots and the, the leaves, and it's all part of the natural process of keeping things green. Anyway, uh, it's a planetary guardrail, quote-unquote, in the effort to combat (laughs) allegedly man-made climate change, a leading German scientist has argued. Okay, so here we go. Hans Joachim, whatever his name is, it's really not that important, from the uh, Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, PIC, P-I-K said this week that every person should have a limit of three tons of CO2 emissions per year. And those who exceed their limit, now wait for wait for the punctuation here, that wait for, now don't jump ahead, okay? And he's saying three tons of CO2 emissions per year, and those who exceed their limit should be forced to pay for the pleasure. Well, now wait a second here. Now, I thought you were trying to say that I was going to, like, you know, just stop doing cow farts, man. That's, I thought that's what's going to cure the whole CO2 methane problem. Wait, methane's not CO2. I thought that was, I thought we were worried about cow farts a couple of years ago. What happened to that? I mean, I'm eating as much steak as I can. Um, I do have a caller coming in. Uh, by the way, I'm eating as much. Johnny, uh, are you there, buddy? I'm here. 
I'm here. Hey, hey good Jim. to see you, bud. You know, I was at the yes, Bills sir. game yesterday, and it was a great game. But mm-hmm. I was talking to a, uh, a guy. He's got a uh, kindergartner or first grader, and she came home one day and said, Hey, Dad, Daddy, uh, I'm lucky. And his, his, uh, the father says, You're lucky? How come? Because I'm white. My teacher told me I'm lucky because I'm white. What? Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's out of control, oh. as you've been saying. What a slippery slope we are getting on, right? Now that uh, we're, we're kind of, again, that, remember I talked about early, it's what color your skin is, what's between your legs, or what you do in your bedroom, right? It's, it's unbelievable. And it's hitting home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, hey, and uh, uh, good luck with the uh, Good job on the game yesterday, guys. I mean, Bills stuck it out there and, and got ahead of the Dolphins. Uh, there for a while, I thought the Dolphins were completely out of it, but then they made a game of it, so you guys had a good game. Yeah, we're, we're a lock to win the Super Bowl now, no doubt about it. <laughs> hey, 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 the Chiefs are still in there, baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're out. No, the Chiefs, they, 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 make a, they may get beat in the preliminary. There you go. Well, we're, we're, I, I'm a I'm a long uh, Chiefs fan back from Schottenheimer days back in the '80s. So it's nice to have a winning record now and be able to go deep in the playoffs. Well, so Jim, I got to tell you, I saw. Yeah. I was a big fan of the Chiefs back in the uh, not as much as the Bills, but when the Chiefs had their Super Bowl team, uh, right. I I saw the uh, number one. I saw Bills got beat by the uh, Chiefs in. Mm-hmm. Uh, January first, nineteen sixty-seven. I was uh, like oh, fifteen wow. years old, and I was at right. that game. And Lenny Dawson, Otis Taylor, all those Hall of yeah. Famers were on that Chiefs team. Great, great teams they had back then, and they oh, got yeah. a great. And team that was now. football back then. You could actually tackle everybody without having to two-hand touch. That's right. <laughs> so the Chiefs are one of my favorites, other than the Bills. There you go. Very the good. Bills are, I appreciate that. The Bills are locked to win the Super Bowl. There you go. All right. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Johnny's putting himself out there. So, hey, thank you so much for the phone call. Have a good one. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Well, again, this is, you know, she's talking about, you know, she's lucky. I mean, guys, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I was a government cheese kid. You know, I was I grew up in a neighborhood that we were all the same color, I thought. I mean, I didn't really think about it as being anything other than we're all the same. And then we had fun with what we were doing, and we had fun with different things. So I, I think we've taken the fun out of life in a lot of ways. Think about how we used to laugh about stuff. We used to have all kinds of jokes, and we'd kid each other around. And I mean, look at Archie Bunker, some of the most hilarious TV that was out there. And we can't even play that without going, oh, shh, shh. okay, all right, let me play this for you real quick. That is ridiculous. We can't just be honest with each other and, and, and embrace the suck that is us, that we have fallacies, that we have things we have to work through. Guys, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. You know, the amount of effort you put into life is how great your life is going to be. There is no, there is no guarantee of outcome. There is guarantee that you can go try what you want, freedoms and liberties. But when you have to say that the outcome has to be equal, well, then that actually is not. That's communism. That's actually totalitarianism. That is actually nothing to do with freedom at all. You have the freedom to put as much effort into your life and make your life as great as you want to be or as crappy as you want to be. You can do whatever you want. That's the idea. I mean, hey, look at the potato salad uh, sandwich or the chicken salad sandwich that they elected in Pennsylvania against uh, Dr. Oz. I mean, that guy, I mean, he never thought he was going to be a senator. There's, and they put a chicken salad sandwich in there, and he won. Imagine what you could do if you put forth some effort in your life. This guy doesn't even know he's a senator half the time. 
this is this is the world we're living in, right? And we have all these great opportunities. And I, I really think it is amazing to be alive in this time where we can see the true, the true dark and light of things. I mean, think about that. The true dark and the true light. And then we can see the discerning line down the middle that there's absolutely, there's no gray areas anymore. There really isn't. We really do know where we're going with this stuff. And we are smart enough. And the more we talk... The more we, uh, we articulate this, the better it's going to get. And the fact that that teacher says, well, you're lucky because you're white, I'm going to let you know that I, have, I don't get any discounts. When I went and got my two college degrees, nobody gave me a discount. There was no handout money, no Pell Grants, no nothing. I had to pay full ride. I had to do the whole thing myself. In fact, I didn't even get qualified because I had income. I didn't get qualified to get my school loans. I had to pay all out of pocket because I had a job. I had a wife who stayed at home. I was, I was running a framing crew in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I went to work, and I went to night school. I went and did what I had to do, and nobody gave me a free dime. Why? Well, if you guys kind of guessed, I'm a white guy. So how does, that, how does that equate there? How does that even work? How does that math work for her? How does she go through the rest of her life knowing that her teacher said that to her? That, that's embarrassing. To think that, that we're going to start doing that to teachers, are going to put that on a kid's conscience, so the rest of her life she thinks that she's got something that nobody else has? That is cruel. That right there is a child abuse from the word go, because that's gonna, that seed's going to be in that girl's head for the rest of her life, thinking about how she is different only because her skin makes her special or gives her something different than everybody else has, when in fact it's the exact opposite. I don't get special loans. I don't get special grants to go get an education. But there's a lot of people out there that do. And why is that equality? How does that work? I mean, I, I've talked about this in the past. It's like, guys, I, I don't even get a checkbox. I am a white heterosexual male. I don't get a checkbox. So who got marginalized here? I think I did. And I don't think they want to talk about that. Because then, then we have to start talking about facts and not feelings. Guys, thank you so much for everything you guys are doing out there. Don't forget to listen to the show tomorrow. This is Jim Price, the Dark Delight Show. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys later.